Welcome to Versatile Strategy, a Marvel Crisis Protocol podcast. On this podcast, we hope to offer a unique perspective on roster creation, tournament and league reviews of those created rosters, and reviews of upcoming characters. I'm John. And I'm Nick. And on this episode, we're going over the newly announced rotation, standard rotation, and an A-Force roster creation. That's right, that's right. But first, we got a little bit of a... uh, sort of unexpected uh new spoiler earlier this week uh they finally showed off the winter guard and uh we got to see crimson dynamo's card already so we can go ahead and run over that real quick yeah why don't you run us through his top stat line and then i can take the attacks all right all right uh so crimson dynamo aka dimitri bukharin uh, is a four threat character with six health on his healthy side and six health on his injured side he's a short mover size three Four physical defense, three energy defense, and four mystic defense. Yep, and he has a gainer for his first attack. It is called Electric Blast. It's going to be a beam four, five die energy attack that costs zero, and he's going to gain one power after this attack. And on wild, he's going to give out a shock. Then he has a spender, homing rockets. It's going to cost him two. It's a range five, five die physical attack. Ignores line of sight, and the defending character is not a benefit from cover. Wild Explosive. Before damage is dealt, other enemy characters within two of the target character are going to suffer one damage. What do you think of his attacks, Nick? Uh, his gainer is spicy. I really, really like his gainer. Uh, homing Rockets, I'm kind of lukewarm on. Uh, I think it's... it's. I think uh, Corset Iron Man has a similar attack. Uh, this might be one more die than that one, or might be a little bit longer range, but Electric Blast is the spice i i i love it shock is so good and it's such a rare uh condition i feel like and putting it on a beam it's this guy's gonna put some hurt on people i think yeah not many characters have shock you have storm obviously uh thor can do it with his hammer throw but not very many people throw the hammer so it will be interesting to see how the shock works and i think when we get down into this character's card he's kind of built for a control kind of play style where he wants to hold out and denying your opponent that attack die may be pretty nice synergy that he has why don't you take us through his leadership all right so crimson dynamo is the leader of the winter guard affiliation his leadership is called unbreakable red line at the start of an allied character's activation it may remove one special condition when an allied character is contesting a secure objective and would be pushed it may roll a die on a crit, wild, or block result, it is not pushed. What do you think of this, John? The first part is absolutely amazing. He basically has anti-stagger tech or any special condition, but his affiliation is basically never going to have the benefit or have the negative effect of stagger, which is amazing. He can be getting rid of hexes, incinerates, so many conditions that you cannot afford the action economy to get rid of, and he's just going to shed one. It says guardian without having to pay the power cost seems pretty great i'm a little lukewarm on the secure aspect of it where he rolls the dice it's only on being pushed and the fact that you need a die face for it to happen might be kind of frustrating but overall i kind of like this leadership what do you think nick i really like it um like you said the first part of it is definitely the spice they're removing special conditions uh the second part of it i could see a game plan where you're you're taking secures that can sort of uh, benefit from either half of his leadership. 
um, either, you know, taking like Merefisk or Terrigen uh, because you don't necessarily care about the stun or the poison. Uh, or you could take something like, I believe it's Black Order Portals that pushes. Yeah, Sword Base, Sword Base, right? Yeah, Sword Base and uh, Black Order Portals also pushes. Uh, and, or yeah, Cosmic Invasion, Black Order Portals. Yeah, I think, yep. you know, Web Warriors are going to hate this guy because they can't use their web lines and their <laughs> and their web snares. That's a good um, point. But and they're only pushes, which I think has a lot of restriction. When you have any kind of throw, any kind of place, it doesn't practice leadership at all. So that's going to be situational. And you still may be able to get the pull and push off. It's just situational on the die roll. Uh, it's curious. I think they do have to spend the power for the superpower and then for timing we'd have to look at the timing chart but it may be a good way to get your opponent to spend power if the timing chart works out there nick yeah i think i think this would probably work similar to like uh indomitable's timing where they would have the effect that would push and then you would say no i'm gonna roll this die first so yeah so it could be an interesting way to burn some power off your enemy um i'm gonna run us through his attacks real quick we can get a deeper understanding of the character and go from there uh superpowers yeah superpowers yep he comes with flight, innate. He's another innate power, and that is car. <laughs> it's a, some, car- some. Yep, you take that one. <laughs> it's carbondium, uh, or yeah, yeah. Car. Jeez, that that is a tough one, isn't it? Uh, it is carbordium, carborundium, carborundum, matrix alloy. Yeah, carborundum. Yep. He has damage. <laughs> he has damage reduction. When this character yeah, yeah. would suffer one damage from any effect, he may reduce the amount of damage suffered by one to a minimum of one. Then he has three active, or he has two active superpowers and a reactive. The first active is overcharge capacitors. It's an action. He can gain two power that costs him none, just the action. Then he has propulsion thrusters. He can place himself within two of his current position. He can only do this once per turn. That's going to cost him two. And he has a reactive power called disruption field. Costs two power. When this character or another allied character is targeted by an enemy effect and the enemy is within three of this character, this character may use a superpower. This character may reroll up to two of the attacker's dice. What do you think overall, Nick? Well, besides the fact that his damage reduction is needlessly hard to say, uh, I, really, <laughs> <laughs> I really like these. Um, I think, you know, having a action to gain two power, uh, similar to a character like Vision, and then also having a hop... For, for lack of a better term, is really interesting. That's going to open up some unique plays with him. I think he's on a medium-sized base, too. So potentially getting some extra range for his, his gainer off of that hop uh, could be pretty devastating. I think Disruption Field is probably his best superpower, though. Um, just being able to affect your opponent's dice whenever he's attacked or allies are attacked within three of him, that's... That's pretty good. Um, I don't think we've really seen anything like that, but I know I don't want my dice being messed with, so... Yeah, looking at the kit overall, he's got a lot of synergy. You know, he can use that overcharge capacitors to gain two power and then spend that power to go into propulsion thrusters and place himself within two with the ability to reroll your enemy's attacking dice with the disruption field, with the leadership and not getting pushed off, with the damage reduction. I'm kind of seeing the Winter Guard playing as this stubborn secure based objective team is that kind of how you're seeing them or what do you think nick i mean so far this is the only character we've got but i mean that's definitely what he's he's seems to be telling me um also interesting to note that he can gain two power and then use his homing rockets and that's range five so 
That and that's tied with the shock on the beam as well. The fact that overall this character is denying attacks, re-rolling those attacks, reducing the damage that comes in. He looks like a tanky boy. It'll be interesting to see what the rest of the affiliation has to kind of flush out the rest of the team. Yeah, definitely. So that pretty much covers Crimson Dynamo, I think, unless you had anything else you wanted to add. Uh, he is in a box with Darkstar, I believe, is the other one. And then the other box that we're getting for this affiliation is Red Guardian and Ursa Major. So That is a big-looking bear. I'm excited to see what his rules are, too. Well, I hope he does things that bears do. He's going to have a really good uh, a gain or claw attack or something, maybe a bite yeah. or something. We'll have to see what he can do. Yep. Okay, I think we have two main topics today. The first thing we're going to tackle is AMG recently announced what the symbols at the bottom of the cards are and that we are moving into a system of card rotation. That's right. So we've got effectively two formats now for the game that are sort of official uh, in air quotations, and I can't really see that in an audio format. But uh, So we've got a standard format and extended format. Standard is going to be kind of your your more organized play, your local event, sort of local scene play is kind of what I'm, I'm getting from it. Uh, and extended is play whatever you want. There's no ban lists. There's no restricted cards. You want to play drop-off, you can. You want to play hired muscle and all you've got, sure. Yeah, anything goes in extended. Yeah, I don't really see a lot of play, at least in our local meta, of anyone really interested in extended. I think most of us are going to be playing standard, even on just pickup game nights. Uh, yep. with the with the rules being structured in the way it is a lot of us are prepping for leagues and prepping for tournaments and you want to make sure you're using the correct format but it is a nice option for people that are there that are maybe playing at home or some people that just are interested in running those those crisis and those cards that have previously been not able to play nick what do you think overall on the the standard rotation what are your thoughts on it that we've moved to something like this so I was a little skeptical at first because I wasn't sure how they were going to implement it. Um, but as we'll kind of see as we get into it a little bit here, um, going into the into the topic, um, I'm a big fan. I think it's it's going to be really good for the game, especially with how they they updated the restricted list too and like the rotation. It's going to force people to be a little bit more creative and a little bit more selective with their overall. 10 tactics cards that you're they're picking for lists um and i think that's overall going to be a very good thing for the game so yeah i think i think overall i have never played a game that had a level of restriction like this standard so in the bottom of the cards there's a symbol and everything that came out when the game first launched had a spider symbol on it it kind of looks like spider-man's mask those cards have either been reprinted with a new symbol on them or they've been cycled out so we are looking for, we've moved to using cards that have hammers, like a city logo and the X-Men logo. And those are the cards that are in the standard format that we're using. Um, I was a little concerned. I didn't. I don't want to see anything cause a barrier to entry to players. I don't want it overly complicated. But as we get into it, I think AMG has been really smart about what they did do and why they did what they did with certain cards. And we can get into that specifically when we get there. And when you look at it, they did title the card pack, uh, card pack 2022. So I'm hoping that it, it might be an annual rotation, something that isn't a lot to keep up with. I know in the past we've talked about our frustration with other game systems having rotations that 
are too much to keep up with. But my hope is AMG maybe does an annual or semi-annual update. And frankly, the cost on it was like $20 retail. So I think our, our local store offers a discount. So I think for $16 and 45 minutes of my time, I had all my cards resleeved, ready to play for hopefully this year, which isn't, isn't a big ask if it helps them get the game more under balance. I know I've heard some complaints of people saying things have gotten stale with a majority of the people running the same crisis and the same tactics cards and the same characters. And hopefully this shakes up and we get more creativity in the roster selection. Yeah, I think, I think, uh, it's definitely going to bring out some of the cards that you may not even have seen played before. Yeah. How many people we'll, did you see run field dressing and med pack? And we'll get into which ones were removed and restricted, but I mean, out of the 10 tactics cards, Nick, how often did you and I get at a table and we had three, four or five of the same tactics cards? Yeah. 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 Uh, two healing cards or brace. And then everyone's got indomitable and R and D and climbing gear. And, but yeah, we'll, we'll get into what exactly has um, rotated out and yeah. what is now restricted and standard. Yeah, I think real quick I want to mention too that this this change is important for the game, for them to be able to craft us new mechanics and to craft us new models. The fact that they work 18 months out is apparent that herbs has went on herbs has went out of rotation. And so often these new releases we've been frustrated saying this is a turn one herb play, this is a turn one herb play. Well guess what? The timing might be a little off here, but they knew herbs is going out of rotation and that's why it doesn't necessarily matter that scourge can score the herb burn one or why nick fury can reposition to the herb turn one because herb is out of rotation and it's important to know that they can't balance every card they've ever released and continue to release new things by doing this rotation it keeps the pool smaller which makes sure that the balance is still there and we stay within the arc that they've mentioned of things not being overly good or overly bad so I suppose with that, do we want to talk about what is, I guess, rotated out first, and then we can talk about what's restricted and what's banned and standard? Yeah, I think we should run through the cards that have been taken out of rotation, cards that are no longer able to be played, and then we can talk about those cards. Why don't you run us through the list, Nick? All right. Uh, So we've got about 20 cards here, give or take. Uh, So we'll just start from the top going alphabetically. Uh, Acute Senses, all you've got. Battle Lust, Bitter Rivals, Blind Obsession, Climbing Gear, Drop Off, Extreme Conditioning, Field Dressing, Heavy Ordnance, Hired Muscle, Med Pack, No Escape, Reversal, Rocket Boots, Seeing Red, Tactical Analysis, Unearthly Rage, and Web Barrier. Uh, all of those cards have rotated out. Um, I, for one, will be interested to see if the three cards that were previously banned, uh, all you've got higher muscle and drop off ever rotate back in that will be a very interesting day um, but i'm not holding my breath for it <laughs> yeah it's important to note those were all the tactics cards that have been rotated out and they also rotated out what kind of herb which we mentioned earlier i think when you're well, looking at this list there's a lot of stuff that was out of activation movement and clearly they want to cut down on that when you're looking at a majority of this list, a lot of it involved that. You know, you're seeing extreme conditioning, you're seeing climbing gear, you had rocket boots, seeing red tactical analysis. So the fact that those, that speaks very clearly to their their vision of the game, that they want to cut back on that or make the cards that still have the ability to do it more important. I do like seeing Medpack from an outsander's point of view. I love playing Medpack. It was on almost my lists. I'm a player that likes to play wide, and you can Medpack yourself. So seeing Medpack go out of rotation is going to change a lot of the ways people play. If they want to take a healing card, 
Are they going to be taking the only one that's left on the restricted list was patch up? Or are we going to see characters come in? We can get into that when we talk about what characters and cards we see added to the list or what ones we're going to see played more frequently. Uh, cute senses. I think you're just going to see marked for death more now. I think marked for death's the better card anyway, but interesting to see that one go. Bitter Rivals, I know, is going to be a big hit for the attrition teams. And Blind Obsession was another one that started popping up pretty frequently in our meta, Nick, that a lot of these cards, when you look at them, if the only answer to the card is the same card in a mirror match, then it's probably a problem and something needs to get fixed. Mm-hmm. Field dressing is another one that is really going to shake up the game state. I know a lot of us are playing field dressing, and it's a card that you can win games with if you play it in the correct time in the right manner. So that's going to really change the way that people play the big hitters without the ability to bring them back on their injured side. When you look at Hulk and She-Hulk, I mean... Once they get that health pool down, they're gone now. So you need to really, it's really going to change the way those players play the game. And I'm excited to see that change. What do you think overall the list and anything that is glaring to you? I mean, you pretty much said it all. It's a lot of uh, movement augmenting stuff and a lot of um, sort of, I guess, healing stuff. Yes. Uh, Stuff that's going to make the, the combat math as it were a little bit more complicated bitter rivals blind obsession especially um it is interesting to note that there is a affiliated card on here in web barrier that is the only one that's affiliated that is rotated out yeah i was gonna Um, cycle back to that one as as the web warrior player (laughs) um honestly that's not it's it's strange that they did do a affiliated card i didn't think we'd see any affiliated cards or character specific cards added to the rotation when we were talking about what it was going to be before we saw it Web Barrier is such a weird card. It, it required two Web Warrior players to play power. They had to be within range of each other. I think it was within range three. They couldn't be palm pushed. I think you couldn't move them at all, I don't think. And then you couldn't draw a line through them. It was such a weird card. There was so much setup to like make this imaginary line between them. And then characters just moved around you anyway. I can tell you, I played Web Warriors for like six to eight months, and I never once even played this card. I never even looked at the card. So I don't think there's a lot of Web Warriors players that are going to be upset about this one going. I w- I'm curious as to why they did it, seeing that they reprinted it as a shield card. Yeah, I think um, it's reprinted as a X-23 and Wolverine team-up card, too. Yeah, theirs is a little different because they get to attack or they do damage if they're not KO'd or something. Oh, yeah. Um. But yeah, the shield one is word for word web barrier. So it's interesting to shield keep it. Yeah, the wolf, the Wolverines is a little different where they, they have to be within range of each other. They still have the same ability of not being pulled or pushed, but they get to actually like reroll attack dice, and then they suffer, the enemy characters suffer damage if they don't daze or KO them. So the Wolverines is at least like beneficial in the attack-wise. Like You're spending all this setup and all this power, not a lot. Web Warriors are power-starved as it is. They have to pay a power on each to draw this line that somebody just moves around you anyway is like <laughs> yeah i don't think we're gonna miss that one too much but um before we get into characters we think are going to be played more or less or tactics cards we think are going to kind of evolve into this new system let's run through the restricted list real quick that was changed seeing that some of our old restricted cards moved to the out of rotation list so there is a new restricted list and it is brace for impact and patch up stayed on there and they added some other cards. Indomitable is now restricted. Disarm, Advanced R&D, and Sacrifice. And they also restricted some gems. The Reality and Space Gem are now restricted, which I think is really going to shake some things up. 
Overall, Nick, what do you think about these cards going on the restricted list? I love it. Uh, reality and space being restricted makes splashing Black Order really hard. It makes splashing Thanos really difficult. Putting uh, R&D and Indomitable and Sacrifice all on there makes sense. Disarm is a little bit of a head-scratcher, but I could see maybe with some of this other stuff going away, Disarm kind of becoming one of those cards that is would you know become a little bit more ubiquitous and being in a lot of lists because it's not a bad card it's just not necessarily the first thing you're going to reach for um but overall i really like all of these choices yeah so the fact that corvus has the reality gem on him all the time the most popular loadout for thanos was space in mind you've essentially restricted these characters, right? I never had a problem playing against a Black Order player, but what got a little frustrating for me is having to play against someone that has a seven-man roster with Corvus, Proxima, and Thanos. And the fact that now if you want to do that, you have you have no access to any of these restricted cards, it makes it a tougher choice for them. It makes them a more decision. And to your point, when people are just splashing Thanos everywhere, well, if you want to take those gems on them, which... We've seen people run reality and space on him. Guess what? Now for that one character, there's your two restricted cards. Now you can't, you, you're losing out by taking them, which I hope kind of curves off the splash ability that they had. Indomitable, I think we knew was going to be on there. I wouldn't have in the last TTS season, like a 70% play rate or something crazy. Yeah. Sacrifice became a popular card to deal with the splash ability in the attrition teams. So I'm not surprised there. R&D one is one that's going to have to change my gameplay a little bit. I know I was a huge fan of R&D. In almost every list I play, I'd kind of find a way to bring a character that either generated more than one power per turn or was a battery and be able to turn some turn one plays on. And we know AMG isn't the biggest fan of turn one plays. They like to have the game across the entire six rounds, so it makes sense that r and on there. How many games was I playing with Lockjaw that you could... Who's a good boy? Go up to four... And then you could pass a power to, say, like Killmonger or X-23 and then teleport one of them. And now she's able to claw rush and he's able to charge. It turns on a lot of things, so it makes sense that R&D's on the list. I'm with you that I'm a little surprised to see Disarm. But given the game state, it may be more popular and they're just ahead of it. Maybe that's something they found in testing. And it is a very good card. It's just not one that ever really made it into my 10. So that's surprising. I hope we don't see it die off being on the restricted list. But overall, I'm with you. I love it. It makes... I, I did not have a solution for how to deal with the Splash Black Order or Splash Thanos, and this is a better answer than I could ever come up with. I, I, I think it's ingenious of them the way they went about it. So we have a good idea where the game is. We see what cards are out of rotation. We saw what cards are in rotation. Is there anything in your head that you think is going to come to the forefront, characters or tactics cards that we're going to see more of? Maybe it's a character that offers healing, or just what's your overall mindset of where the game's going to go? So... I want to I want to be a little spicy here. Um, a lot of people have already said that you know obviously bodyguard stocks are way up. Heroes for hires stocks are way up. Not that that card was ever bad. That card is fantastic. Um, we are Groot. I think is going to be seeing a lot of play, and I think Groot and Rocket will see some splash now. I really think that maybe now is the time we start seeing Ultron because. If he dies, he's just coming back. Because you're not taking him without Age of Ultron. 
and new Ultron is a lot better than old Ultron, but I think people just kind of overlook him because he's not, like, he's old, right? No, Nobody is looking at Ultron and being like, hey, I have to play that guy because he's in the core set, he's not new, he's not shiny. I think Ultron is going to see uh, a little bit of resurgence, at least I hope so. Um, I'd love to see him on the table more. Uh, a card that I think is going to see a lot of play, not that it didn't see a decent amount already, is Marked for Death, and I think you're probably with me on that. Um, it's a better Acute Senses in most situations, I think. Uh, it's really good against Web Warriors. It's really good at dealing with Black Cat. Yeah, I want to echo your shout at, I think you're going to see Groot Splash with We Are Groot. It's basically Med Pack, but for everybody, Groot's not a bad splash anyway. So I think you're definitely going to see him kind of pop up. Um, for Marked for Death, I agree. It's a little harder to pull off than Acute Senses. Let's read through Marked for Death real quick. So it's two allied characters that were in range 5 of the same enemy character can spend a power. That round, the enemy character loses and cannot gain stealth. Their speed becomes slow, and they can't modify or reroll defense dice. I can't tell you how many games I had playing X-Force. This was an, And Black Hat was huge back then, right? I don't think Voodoo was out yet when I was playing X-Force. I had this card in every single list because Black, Stat would, Black Hat would steal an objective. I would guess whose attack is range five cables and then i'd have somebody else within range five i'd pay and cable would just shoot her it's yep. such a great card to counter those stealth characters not just black cat two point widow mystique any anyone that is going to try to get away from you i think this card's going to make an appearance yeah you you played this card to pretty great effect effect against me when i was playing spider foes too because it makes mysterio really sad you don't have to get into his bubble anymore to shoot him yeah yeah i know we've had some games where you thought he was safe on the back point and i just would take him out um i think you're going to see the characters that have a way to heal on their card played or splashed more often the fact that you can't play field dressing anymore and the fact that med pack is gone i think you're going to see hood wong and dr strange make more appearances character people are going to be concerned about losing their heavy hitters and that's going to be a good way to keep them alive hood basically has med pack it costs one extra and you get the bleed condition but he's also not just there to heal right he's a really good mystic attacker he's got that mystic rapid fire if you flip him his empowered dark lightning goes off well i think hood is a good splash dr strange obviously not only has the heal but he has the shielding to keep those characters alive Wong, probably the least of the three or the four with Groot, but he still has a place and he's a two threat. So if you're looking to a cheaper healer, he's an option at least. I like your shot on Ultron because when I played Zack in our league with my Inhumans, I, I couldn't deal with him. We got to a point in the game where I knew if I KO'd him, he was going to come back. And he, he can be a problem if you're playing a spread out scenario and you don't have a way to get him. And to your point, the new card is not bad. He's... He's a decent four-threat attacker, so I yep. think you may see Ultron. Some other things I think we may see is a resurgence in the healing factor and damage reduction characters. You know, we just read Crimson Dynamo with the damage reduction. You have Iron Man. You can have Luke Cage. The, the Wolverines, X-23, Wolverine. Deadpool, maybe not so much. Uh, Lizard, obviously, has been huge. I think he'll continue to be huge. Those characters that can innately not have to worry about having the healing card, I think, may have their stock risen up a little bit. Uh, tactics yep. cards, I think you're going to see people play more. I know you probably agree with this one, Nick, is the Neogenic Recombinator for oh, the spike. Yeah. Right. <laughs> without, the, without the healing card, that's still a healing card, and it's an affiliation not restricted. I think you'll see if you see Asgard kind of come to the forefront with Scourge and Heimdall, 
Odin's blessing is probably going to be a staple to them. It already was. It's just going to be better now. And exceptional healing, if you have any of those healing factor characters. Those are just things I'm kind of looking at and thinking in my head uh, what I'm going to be expecting my opponents to be playing moving forward as we get into this brave new world of what the game is going to become. Yep, yep. Uh, Other cards, I think, are probably going to be seeing a little bit more play now, too. Um, I could see no matter the cost seeing a little bit more play now. Um, Before, it was just something you kind of take with... You know, you take it with 23 or you take it with Wolverine, somebody that can make the most effective use of it, it's still pretty good. Um, even if you take it on someone that only has, like, a healing factor one. Uh, the other one that I was looking at, Face Me, I think is another one that you will see a little bit more play now. That's another one that it functions kind of similar to Deception. Costs three power, but, you know, if you if you need a way to get like a black cat back into the fight so you can deal with them this is going to be a really good way of doing that so yeah overall nick how do you feel about what they've changed i love it <laughs> that's it's pretty plain and simple i'm i'm a big fan and i cannot wait to see what what it looks like you know six months from now you know what cards maybe have been added to the restricted list or rotated out um if they Obviously, we're getting so many new things over the next couple of months between the stuff they showed off at Mini Stravaganza, the stuff that is coming with the Winter Guard, the stuff that they haven't shown us yet at the Mini Stravaganza redo. It'll be interesting to see, like, if that stuff has a new symbol so we can kind of start, you know, okay, what's the next rotation going to be? You know, what cards are are going away? What cards might be coming back? Um I'm very excited for the future of this game. <laughs> yeah, I can tell you I was more concerned than excited before they had announced what it was going to be. I know a lot of people are not excited about what it was going to be, but I, I think in every way they had a reason why they changed things. It makes sense. It's for the good of the game. The barrier of entry is not that high. Like I said, when we were playing other game systems, we were spending $50, $60 three four times a year just to keep up with our current rules. And the fact that this card pack was, you know, less than half of that, and if it's only for a year or six months, that's something I'm happy to pay if it keeps the the rule set tighter, it keeps it balanced, it addresses the issues that have come up in the current meta. I think they hit a home run with what they came up with here, and I couldn't have, some of the things, like when you get back to the Black Order, I, I couldn't even have come up with the answer that they did, and it's amazing. So I'm yeah, now I went from concerned to just excited. I'm excited yeah. to get to back those game nights and play play this new system. Yeah, I'll be interested to see how Black Order adjusts to this, honestly, because yes, they're going to lose out on their restricted cards, and they're going to be harder to splash, but everyone else also loses out on the healing cards that rotated out, so it'll be interesting to see if if the sort of effect overall is enough to make Black Order a bit more reasonable, I guess, is the word I'm looking for. Um, we'll see. Oh. Or maybe we, <laughs> or maybe we see now that they, a couple months ago, got their second wave, that we're going to see more mono black order lists, which isn't yeah. something I mind to see. I don't mind a team that's attrition based. I don't mind that that's what they're designed to do and they're the best at it. What I didn't like is when you had, the three of them splash into a seven man roster. So, my yeah. o- my only gripe with the game was that, and it's been addressed to perfection with the restricted list. If you still want to do that, you can. They're not telling anybody you can't play with your toys, but you have to pay an opportunity cost for that in the terms of not taking other restricted cards. Or maybe you consider taking 
Corvus without the gem, and you don't take the space gem on Thanos, and you go maybe Power Mind, or it's going to shake up the way people play, and I'm excited for that. Yep. I think that wraps up where we're at on that. Nick, should we move into the next segment? Yeah, I think so. Uh, So we're going to talk about the poll. We are moving on to the first poll we ran, and we're deciding what I'm going to play starting now up until our tournament on August 6th. And it was a three-way tie between Web Warriors, Cabal, and A-Force. And I thought, how are we going to break this tie? And I've decided I'm going to let you break the tie. Well, I know you want to play Web Warriors. (laughs) (laughs) Are you going to let me, Nick? No, you're going to play (laughs) A-Force. That's fair, Um, because I think you've been dabbling in Cabal the last couple months. Yeah, yeah. It it may not be fun for you to be learning a new faction, and I just dial back in with the one I'm best (laughs) with and most comfortable (laughs) with. So that's fair. Um and Ryan, who we had on last week, has been kind of playtesting A-Force, so I've seen some things that he was doing and are going to kind of take some ideas from him. So I'm excited. Um, I have never played them before, so it'll be a new experience. Why don't we read She-Hulk's leadership? She's the only leader, and it is the Defenders of Arcadia. When an allied character is damaged by an enemy effect, another allied character may gain one power. A character may not gain more than one power from this leadership ability per turn. So it's kind of like R&D, but it's based on damage. Um, She's a six-threat leader, which I think is kind of the... where people get kind of stuck on the A-Force. They have a really nice list of affiliated characters. It's basically if you are not evil and you're a woman, you're on the A-Force, unless you're a mutant. Is kind of what I got out of it. Yeah, or Gwen. <laughs> yeah, they don't like spiders and they don't like mutants unless you're Domino and hide it as just being lucky. Yep. Um, <laughs> so I was looking at the affiliation list. I know I'm playing She-Hulk. We'll get on to something that Ryan was doing later, which I'm going to shamelessly borrow. Shout out, Ryan. You are the best among us. Um, he was playing Hulk and She-Hulk, and I'm definitely doing that. But... Um, <laughs> At first, I was thinking maybe, you know, they have Shuri and Akoya in affiliation. Maybe I do affiliate and go uh, Wakanda slash A-Force, but I think I'd be too tempted to just play Wakanda, and I don't want to do that to the listeners and to you. We voted for A-Force. I'm going to play mono A-Force. So I was looking at the roster, or the affiliation list, and the affiliated characters I settled on were Shield for six, and her best card is Special Delivery. I almost call the drop off there because that's basically what it is, but yeah. it is special delivery, which we I'll read for you guys real quick. It is an A Force card, so you have to be affiliated to play it and it's reactive. When an A Force character with flight begins a move action within two of an allied She Hulk during its activation, they may both spend one power to play this card before moving the miniature. When the active character ends this move, you place She Hulk within one of it. She-Hulk immediately performs one of her attack that has the power cost of zero. So it is, it's drop-off, but it's A-Force affiliated. The, both the person moving and She-Hulk have to be A-Force, and she gets to make her builder at the end of the movement. So when we're looking at the affiliated list, we need characters with flight. So I'm going to bring Captain Marvel for four. She's a great energy attacker, and I want to make sure I have, I think I'm going to be an attrition-focused team here. 
So we want to make sure we have access to energy attacks. So we're going to get that from Captain Marvel. And in case, with She-Hulk being six, I was a little worried about running high threat characters. Scarlet Witch and Angela are both candidates for special delivery, but they're fives. And I think with a six threat leader, I'm going to really struggle to be building threats appropriate to what we draw. So I'm going to bring Crystal, who's also a, a unaffiliated, but she's a three threat. So those are going to be my special delivery candidates. And then I rounded out taking affiliated characters with Black Cat. She's so good with the ability to give her power from the leadership. You may be able to get turn one steals off still. And we're going to bring Domino because, again, giving her power is going to get her crit train rolling faster. She's just going to be a murder machine. She also has the incinerate, which is going to help the attrition game. And it's also an energy attack. And then I'm going to bring a Sherry and a Koye to finish out the affiliated Okoye having the bodyguard, you're going to be able to turn it on with the leadership. She's an unaffiliated two threat. I think that will work for the affiliated team. And then I'm going to bring three flex characters. Like I said earlier, I'm going to bring Hulk. I think it's going to be hilarious to play Hulk, She-Hulk, and Captain Marvel on Researcher if I can get 16. I watched Ryan do it, and it was disgusting. <laughs> and I'm also going to bring Hood, like we mentioned earlier, in this brave new world of not having access to as many healing cards. I think he's going to offer heals. But he's also important there because I want to play Attrition and I need access to Mystic Attacks. He's also 3-threat, which means I don't have Scarlet Witches, but she's 5. So having the 3-threat hood with the Rapid Fire Mystic, I can't tell you how many times I've burned down either Captain America or Black Panther with this guy. He just goes off. And if they attack him because they're scared of him, you go into demon form. The fact that you took damage probably means you have enough power to do an empowered Dark Lightning. And I've nuked so many Steve Rogers and Black Panthers off the table with the 8-die Mystic Empowered Dark Lightning. And then you get the shenanigans of transforming off of that. If it was only your first action, you can get a rapid fire off and get a heal off. I think he's really going to synergize well with what I need when I'm looking for healing or Mystic Attacks. Those are the 10 characters I came up with. Nick, what do you think overall? What do you think on the character side of it? Uh, I, I'm counting nine. She-Hulk, Captain Marvel, Crystal, Black Cat, Domino, Shuri, Okoye, Hulk, and Hood. Who am I missing? She-Hulk, Captain Marvel, Crystal, Domino, Black Cat, Shuri, Okoye, Seven Affiliated, then Hulk, nope. Hulk, Lockjaw, Hood. Oh, Lockjaw. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I think in games where I'm not playing, or if I'm going wider... Because you only, in the same way that you only get Asteroid M once and you only get Mothership once, I'm only going to be able to special delivery once. And if I'm forced to play wide, Lockjaw is going to be able to help me get the Hulks positioned. Nothing's worse so, than nothing's worse than having a six-threat model have to waste their action economy on moving. Yeah, I, I, I suppose. Um, I consider I, cutting him for Witch or Angela, but I, I'm really concerned about having a six-threat leader with a five-threat character. Honestly, I, I understand that concern. Um, I just think that... I don't know. Something about Angela, who is arguably one of the fastest characters in the game, along with Peter, because she's on the medium base with the long move. Like, putting 11-threat worth of... Uh, don't mess with me in the middle of the table between Angela and She-Hulk, turn one, and then, like, just murdering everything, just... That seems too good. Um, so maybe that that's where you and I differ on that, I guess. Another character I'm surprised to not see in your list is Medusa, because you can pass her the power with She-Hulk's leadership to royal decree She-Hulk around the board and help her get around that way. 
those two are, are two that I would definitely consider looking at if I was building this list. Um, another one that I think would be really interesting uh, is Wasp. Um, she can transform if you if you can somehow get her an extra power turn one, uh, either through R&D or through She-Hulk's leadership, uh, you know, somebody else taking damage other than She-Hulk or Wasp, having her transform and then special delivery She-Hulk in her tiny form is not only hilarious, but she's a long mover as well with energy attacks. Um, so I feel like Wasp is someone that I would also consider, but I know that Wasp and Ant-Man are not exactly everybody's favorite characters because they're like they're cool and the fact that they transform and they were the first characters that did that, but neither of them are particularly like game changing. Yeah, I think I think Wasp was definitely in a consideration for me. I'm gonna put Angela as a question mark next to Lockjaw. Mm-hmm. I think my concern with Angela is she doesn't really have a lot of dice manipulation, so nothing feels worse than when you have a five threat character swinging for the fences and not hitting. That's you know, fair. She she either runs through the enemy team or she does nothing. She does offer crisis play where you can search for two extracts a turn, or if I'm doing pain of flips with her with her as guardian power generation. So I'm going to consider her. Uh, we'll put her as her and Lockjaw as the tenth and eleventh characters for now. No, she can pick up two hammers turn one too. Yep. So she definitely has play. We'll consider her. Um, Wasp. I was concerned with primarily Captain Marvel's there to burn Venom to the ground. She has the range four attack with a binary with a binary form. She may be able to survive. I don't think Wasp is going to be in a scenario where she can take on Venom. She is already within the range three, so she's going to get clapped back. She only has five health on each side. When she's transformed, she can't hold extracts. I, yeah, I think she's just a little bit more situational, more of a tech piece than I have with Captain Marvel and Crystal. But I may consider Wasp instead of Crystal. Although Crystal does offer the incinerates, which helps the attrition team. But yeah. those are those are good shout-outs. They make sense either way. Uh, the good news is we're going to be playing this list for a couple months, so we're going to get plenty of practice games in and test it out and make adjustments, and we'll be sure to keep you guys informed of what those adjustments are. But as long as you see what characters we're looking for and what character there's a reason and an answer to which way we go, I think it's important. Yep. I also considered Scarlet Witch instead of Hood for the Mystic Attacks, but my concern was... Again, if I'm playing a wide scenario, I have to have She-Hulk for six. I have Scarlet Witch for five. I have 11 threat. It's going to be, it's easier to flex in Hood for the healing. And then I have Hood and Okoye for the cost of Scarlet Witch. Yeah. So I think that's where we're at. We're going to lock those 10 in. We're going to put Angela as probably the first flex if something doesn't feel right or something doesn't work out. And maybe think about Tech and Wasp in if we find the need for her. Let's run through what tactics cards I'm going to bring. We already mentioned special delivery. That's obviously, this is the first time, Nick, I think I've ever brought all of the affiliated team tactics cards in a roster. I'm going to play Stalwart Determination, Special Delivery, and A-Force Assemble. A-Force Assemble, for those who don't know, is Avengers Assemble. They pay a power and make a short advance. Stalwart Determination is a fun card, and the fact that Indomitable went restricted i think this one it's going to take a little foresight on my part to know when to play it but stalwart determination is an a force reactive card during the power phase any number of allied a force characters may spend one power to play this card characters that spent this power cannot be pushed or thrown by enemy effects this round so if i see a 
juggernaut throw, whether it's on his injured side or with you know who I am, or if I see pushes coming from an enemy character, if we're playing a, a mission like Gamma or Researcher or something that requires me to stand on the objective, within a foresight, I'm going to be able to play this card and at least for one round hold my own, which is important yeah. on characters like She-Hulk. Nothing's worse, like I said before, than having your sixth turn having to move back. Yep. And then A-Force Assemble is actually different than Avengers Assemble. Oh, is it? Let's yeah. Let's read it together because yeah. <laughs> um, A-Force Assemble. I thought it was word for word. Is it not? Nope. Nope, it is very different. Yeah, look, it is very different. That is, can you tell I have never played this affiliation? <laughs> A-Force Assemble is an A-Force active card. They spend three power to play this card. When an allied character is defending against an attack for this round, add one die to the defense roll for each other allied A-Force within two. I had no idea what this card did. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty good if you're It's pretty if you're good, but it is not, <laughs> that is not what I thought it was. Let's put a question mark next to that one. I may not have played all the affiliated cards, but... We're keeping it for now because I said it, but re- re- read your cards, people. <laughs> All right. Restricted in this new world of restricted cards. I'm going to bring patch up with Hulk and She-Hulk. Healing five is going to be too important, especially without field dressing. I need to keep them alive. And I'm going to bring Brace. I don't want Hulk or She-Hulk thrown at my characters. Um, The other five cards I'm going to bring... I'm going to bring Hood's Gang. I'm playing Attrition. The rerolls is going to help for the round. I'm going to bring Agents of Smash because if you have Hulk and She-Hulk, why wouldn't you bring Agents of Smash? I've never seen anybody play it, but I actually read this one yesterday when I was building the list, so let's take a look at it. Agents of Smash is an unaffiliated active card. Hulk and She-Hulk have to be within two of the same interactive terrain feature that is size 5, yes, size 5, or less. They spend 3 power each. And then either Hulk or She-Hulk throw that train feature long. Yeah. Yep. Seems seems pretty good. <laughs> I'm going to bring Smash because Hulk beams with Smash is insane. You know, pick up a car, smash it if he's got some damage or doing crazy beams. I'm going to bring Gamma Launch because it's going to be funny. And I brought Last Minute Save with Lockjaw. I was a little concerned. Can you tell I'm overly concerned about not having field dressing and keeping my Hulks alive? I can. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a very rough draft. You know, we're going to play it. If it doesn't make sense, if things don't happen, I'm going to probably get 10 to 12 games in. And if I don't play characters or cards one time, we'll come on here and we'll reevaluate those cards. But that's kind of where I want to start, I think, with the tactics cards. Nick, what do you think? Yeah, I mean they all they all check out. Um, I was thinking sacri- I was thinking sacrifice over brace, but yeah, that's kind of where I was leaning to. Uh, especially when you've got hood in there, like just sacrificing onto hood is just so tempting. But I can understand why you want brace because obviously you don't want your size four Hulk getting thrown into into your, into your two defense hood yeah, exactly right yeah yeah I, <laughs> yeah I think you're either gonna come up against throws and. We haven't played in the standard meta in our local scene yet, so I, I don't know if it's going to affect... I don't think it's going to affect Juggernaut at all, and he's been everywhere. So the fact that Brace just stops that do-you-know-who-I-am turn is going to be pretty huge for me, I think. Yeah, plus that, you have Stalwart Determination to slow it down, too. Exactly, so I think between two turns and the Hulk's attacking, and I should be able to weather the storm that way. Sacrifice is great, I just think in the throw meta it's going to be more important to have Brace, especially with Magneto still being everywhere. But we will definitely put a question mark next to that and slot in sacrifice if we see the need to. So we're looking at extracts now. 
I've said it about 100 times so far today, but I have a sixth threat leader. I do not want to play low. I got into a problem when I was playing Inhumans that I had Senators on my list and my opponent made me play 14 with a five threat leader, and I was pretty miserable. So I'm going to bring Montessi for 17. Uh, having the three books out is going to allow me to get the attrition train rolling without losing too quickly. I'm going to bring Research Station because I think playing Hulk, She-Hulk, and Captain Marvel on Research Station is going to be hilarious. And I'm going to bring Alien Ship for 20. Uh, what do you think on the extracts, Nick? Um, yeah, I mean, these are the three that I would definitely reach for first. Research Station, you definitely want to be fighting in the center with this team. Uh, I worry that playing at 16 uh, yeah i mean she hulk hulk captain marvel's pretty nasty at 16 um but it i guess we'll see what what other 16s look like i mean obviously we know what a black order 16 looks like but when they don't have their healing cards maybe you are better when the beauty the, be- the beauty is if i come <clears throat> against an opponent that i don't think that's going to work on i can simply tap hulk out then guess what? Yep. I have so many affiliated threes. I can put in Domino and Hood. I can put in Domino and Crystal. I have Black Cat. I have Shuri. There's so yep. many threes that while it's going to be fun, and I'm going to try to play that list, that there's still the option to go wider if need be. Yep. Um, I did think about hammers, but like we talked to Ryan before, I'm not great at math, and I get myself into positions of not having power to pay for tactics cards with hammers. And the fact that there's four of them, and you normally go two to two, I don't want to have that Montessi offers less points than hammers as is alien ship and researcher, unless you get it run down your throat. Um, scrolls was in there, but I wanted to play alien ship instead, go up to 20. I already have the 17 threat list in Montessi. So that wasn't necessary. I definitely did not want cubes or spiders. I don't want that many points on the table and I don't really want to be damaging my own characters with the cubes or allow my opponent to get a number of cubes and run and spiders. I just, a, there's five of them on the table, and B, I didn't want the positioning role. <clears throat> Nothing's worse, again, than having your six threat characters moving. So Spiders was off the table for me for sure. Senators was 14. The only reason it wasn't in the list, and I definitely do not want to play Legacy Virus with this team. Black Cat yep. is by herself is not enough to handle Legacy Virus, so that's kind of where I was on the extracts. I think those make probably the most sense out of anything we talked about so far. Um, secures. I decided to play Terrigen Clouds. It's 20. I can send a Hulk to each side and have a good old fight. I was going to play Intrusions. It's 19. I could teleport. I can get to that midline and stay on the midline. And then I was going to play Demons. Again, it's 19. It's only scoring three. Honestly, I'll just not get myself incinerated and murder you. Because why not? Like, seems pretty good. All high threat, all low scoring. What do you think of the secures? Yeah, I mean... Terrigen, obviously, the first thing you reach for. You have She-Hulk, Captain Marvel, Crystal, Hulk, and Lockjaw all in your your roster. None of them are uh, able to be poisoned, so Terrigen is, like, the most obvious selection. Um, Intrusions and Demons Downtown are effectively the same mission uh, for what you're wanting to do. Uh, So, yeah, all of these make sense to me as well. Yeah, and then if I'm playing Intrusions, I don't have to worry about having Lockjaw because I can just teleport her to and from on the base and Hulk 2 on the base size. If I'm on one flank, even if I fail the roll, I'm closer than I was, right? Yep. In Demons, it, if, if, if it is a scenario point play and I have to score, I will. But the goal there is to not get incinerated and to 
just get the attrition game going with my opponent being incinerated. Then I have Crystal who can put out incinerates, Domino who can put out incinerates, and then the Killy team just goes about their business. Um, in terms of secures I looked at, I did consider Fisk, but the stun with the power generation was kind of a turnoff for me. I definitely did not want to play any D-shapes. That was like the Hulks don't want to play that wide of a scenario. Sword is 14, so I threw that out for the same reason I threw Senators out. Scoundrels, again, I don't want to have my opponent have a way to score 5 on me, plus give them cover. While you can move pretty freely, it's still a farther movement than Intrusions or Demons is. And yeah, there is no way I wanted to play these guys on Gamma. Yeah, yeah, the Gamma would be a big mistake, I think. And then I didn't want to pay the play to flips. The Meteors being score 3 or score none was pretty huge, and I didn't want to play... Uh, invasion either for the pay to flip or the the shape so yep. secure seemed pretty easy to pick overall i'm excited to see how it plays i have no idea how it's going to play i haven't played on this list i've played domino black cat lockjaw and hoods i've only played four of these characters before i think i played a koye once in a while but yeah i really am not comfortable with these characters yet so it's going to be exciting to go through the learning process and learn what the team can do what they're going to be good at, what they're not going to be good at. I think we have some good flex characters if I'm not happy with the way things are going. Yeah. What do you think overall, Nick? Yeah, I like it. Uh, I'll be interested to see when we take a look at this list again in a couple weeks, kind of where we're at with it and what uh, what's going to be changed and what's going to stay. Um, extracts and secures, though, I think are going to be solid regardless of what we do with the rest of the list. Um, I, I feel like those are the the six that you definitely want for a force right now so yeah i did think about maybe if i'm not happy with one of the extracts going to hammers it is 18 more dice more better i think we can see if those aren't good we contemplate getting angela on the list to play 18 with hammers but that'll be a side thing or maybe something that we if something feels horribly wrong we can evaluate that yep i think with that it kind of wraps up this episode this week nick anything you want to add no, I don't think so. Um, aside from uh, just the the thing that I've been forgetting to do uh, over the past couple episodes, you know, if you guys are liking the content that we're putting out, please, please rate and review us on your podcasting platform of choice. It really helps us get our name out there for other people to find us. Um, but other than that, I think that wraps us up for today, John. Yeah, where can people find you? So I am Waffle on all of the various MCP discords, and I also have a painting page on Facebook that is Blighted Brush Studios over on Facebooks. And then, of course, you can reach out to us on Versatile Strategy at Facebook as well if you're looking to get a hold of us. What about you, John? I'm on all the major MCP discords as in Curiel. And again, like you said, our Facebook, that's where all the voting is going to take place for these rosters. So I will play this creative roster off the voting until our August 6th tournament. Then on the next event we do, whether it's going to be a league or another tournament, we will be voting for what Nick will play. So if you're interested in any of that or seeing us create rosters off the team of your choice, head on over there and give us a like. I swear to God, I thought Avengers Assemble and A-Force Assemble was the same card. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I I thought that for a while, too. Um, But, yeah. (laughs) 